0: Don't miss All-Access Sports Talk with Ken Trahan and Jude Young, Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 p.m., following Inside New Orleans on WRKN, 1061 Nash Icon, Picayune, New Orleans. Good morning, and welcome to the 27th year of the Three Tailgater Show on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. The Three Tailgators Show is presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. The Three Tailgators Show is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics, and by Francesca's by Katie's in New Orleans, serving up St. Louis style food with a New Orleans flair. The Three Tailgators are also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln, by Lifegate Church in Metairie, by Bergeron Automotive in Metairie, by Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area. John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, Life Resources Ministries, the r and Carriers New Orleans Bowl, and by Premier Automotive. Promotional consideration is provided by Venezia Restaurant on North Carrollton Avenue, Two Tony's Restaurant at West End, Perrins Restaurant in Harrahan, Reginelli's Pizzeria, with locations throughout the metro area, The Old College Inn on Carrollton Avenue, Messina's at the Terminal and Runway Cafe at Lakefront Airport, by like Copeland's of New Orleans and Kenner at the Esplanade Mall. Desi Vegas Seafood and Steakhouse in Metairie. Chateau Cafe with locations in New Orleans and Kenner. Moe's Pizza in West Rigo. Hooters Restaurants in Metairie and Gretna. Gio's Pizza and Spaghetti House in Metairie. Hobnobber Cafe in Metairie. Fat Boy's Pizza on Metairie Road. By Mike Sirio's Boys and Deli on St. Charles Avenue. By That's Amore Pizzeria in Metairie. Bear's po Boys on Causeway Boulevard at Metairie Road. Fury's Restaurant on Martin Berman in Metairie and by Manning's Restaurant at Harris Casino on Fulton Street. Now here are your hosts of the Three Tailgaters Show, Ed Daniels, Sports Director of WGNO and WNOL, CrescentCitySports.com and the Clarion Herald and Cumulus Radio New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com,
1: the Saints Hall of Fame Museum and the Kenner Star. And a pleasant good morning and welcome to another edition of of the Three Tailgater Show here on 1061 FM, NASH ICOM. We're on the web at NASHFM1061.com, our tuning app available anywhere in the world. For you to listen in, you can do so. No reason to miss us. You always have an opportunity, so we invite you to do so. Also, you can catch our podcast immediately following each show because it's there for you at CrescentCitySports.com. Just click on More, click on Podcast, and you can listen back. You can email us at WGNO.com, Ken at CrescentCitySports.com or call the show at 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061 if you'd like to join us. I'm at kersh Stadium where today, in this uh, strange frigid weather, Delgado plays a doubleheader at 1 p.m. against Coastal Alabama Community College North, a good team. At 11 and 4, we'll have it live at DelgadoAthletics.com for you. And, of course, so many other things. sports. We'll get into college baseball, college basketball, the Pelicans, the Saints. Among other things, we'll talk high school here to start off in a minute, and we'll have a nice guest on who's playing for a state championship tonight and Josh Carlin momentarily from North Shore. We'll do it with Ed Daniels, my good friend from WGNO, from CrescentCitySports.com, The Clarion Herald, and, of course, one oh six one FM, Nash Icon. Ed, good morning. Kenneth, how are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. And what a strange day this is. I mean that wind kinda kept me up all night and then coming out here this morning, quite a blast. It's a good day to stop and get some hot coffee, you know, or Olay or something. So all good. Well, but- I
2: was I was filling my wife's car up with gas this morning. That's my usual uh Saturday morning uh, you know, serve the Queen moment and it was uh <laughs> it was a little uh little nippy outside, Kenny. It was uh, you know, especially in shorts, it it got a little a little brisk, but it was good. It's all good. It's actually warming up outside. It's going to be a beautiful day.
1: It'll be good tomorrow for sure. So, you are you now broke? Is that? Oh, no, after- you know
2: what? Well, I mean, you know, look, it's it's, it's not a good situation, um, and it was occurring before Russia occurred, and, and uh, um, you know, it is what it is. Um, i think there'll be a a, a correction at some point in fact i know there will be but uh, i don't know exactly when that's going to be
1: yeah well it's a bit much it doesn't make any difference what side of the fence you call on it's it's Uh a bit much and it certainly can be controlled there are measures to to do that and i hope for the sake of all citizens that that happens because yeah i got to get gas by tomorrow and i just went back and forth to lake charles as you know and and oh that, boy that's that, pretty might cost
2: you that might cost you seven hundred dollars
1: yeah, that. no and doubt I'm, I'm,
2: I'm only I'm only jesting a little bit,
1: yeah, no kidding, buddy. I'm with you, so goes without saying that it's a it's a little bit much, but obviously, Lake Charles is where the non select championship games are going on, and today is the final day. you've got four championship games that will take place, starting at the top of the next hour at 11 a.m. And that's an incredibly important game. And it's an incredibly unfortunate time at 11 a.m. in the 4A state championship game, the Carver Rams and the defending state champion McMain Mustangs in a rematch of last year's championship game, which of course, McMain won 49-48 in an absolute thriller. They played again this year twice. McMain won by one again. And then Carver finally got them by 11 at McMain. And now the rematch occurs. The good news is uh, that it's it's a Saturday, so people can get there, right? So the bad news is it's eleven a.m., so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that that's the issue, right?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I'm I, I'm not a I'm not a fan of it. I don't I don't like the current setup, and um, I don't think that you look. I lived in Lake Charles for two years, and um, Burton Coliseum is in the middle of nowhere. Even if you live in Lake Charles, so if you're coming from New Orleans, it's even further. But hey, that's 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 what was chosen. I, I don't think it's a good spot, and um, um, you know it is what it is. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what's going to change it, but I, I think those kind of things need to be a little bit more centrally located, and I, I don't I don't I don't know what the answer is because I'm not involved in this bid process and. Um, That's a decision made by the executive committee so just like most things they can do whatever they want well it's all over the place
1: yeah it's all over the place i mean four different locations Uh and look i was there in hammond i was at the Ilario center i was in lake charles i was not in lafayette vk jones was there for us because it was going on at the same time as hammond and i can't be in two places and it's Mm -hmm. terribly unfortunate it takes away from the event it takes away from the kids Yet I understand why the select schools are doing it uh, for their own good and to make money. But again, uh, the greater good. I've said it over and over and over again. I'll say it again. Nobody's looking out for the greater good. Uh, to have this kind of you know, fracture and break off and all these different locations and times and everything else. Listen, it's confusing to you and I. The general fan doesn't get it at all. You try to explain to people and it's like, non-select, select. select, Okay. They try to figure that out. Then it's like, well, didn't they just play state championships in Lafayette? Yes, but you got more championships. Well, I thought the boys already played. Yes, but you've got the other side, the non-select going on in a different location. Well, why don't they play in the same location? Because they chose not to. So it's question after question, answer after answer that must be provided. And the end result is confusion reigns and And like I said, more than anything else, it takes away from the, you know, the experience of these young people. Look, I saw one of the best games I've ever seen last Saturday night in Hammond, when Ponchatoula in double overtime defeated Parkway, 80 to 79 in girls play, just an incredibly high level game between two outstanding teams uh, with two premier players, well coached and dramatic as can be in a heck of a crowd, about 5,000 people. And... And it was, it was everything you could ever want. And yet it played, you know, it played, if not second fiddle, 1A, because you had the boys' championships going on in Lafayette at the same time.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, look, that's, that's, um, that's how it goes. And um, I, don't, I don't think anybody is going to be like, uh, you know, I don't know, Kenny. I don't know what to say. I yeah, mean, look, I, know. I know. You know, and look, and, and if it wasn't for the select schools, the Ilario Center would have never had a chance to host a state championship event. Never. And if you talk to most of the people, I think the overwhelming majority of the people who went there, I think they liked it. I think they liked the proximity of the fans to the court. Uh, I think the venue was 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 well done. It was it was very well run. I don't think I don't think anyone could have really any. Super serious complaints about it, but um, you know, I, I've given I've given up trying to figure out uh, what what is being done, and I, I you know at this point, you know, I only have a limited amount of years left, so at some point, I'm not going to even worry about it any, anymore. Well,
1: we're just going to cover it regardless of where it is. I was in West Weego. I was in Hammond. I've been in Lake Charles this week, and and of course. Lafayette, that's a good venue. I'm sure they did a nice job. Valerio Center did a nice job. They did a good job in Hammond. I was there, and and the Lake Charles people have always done a good job. That's not the issue at all. And I was Mm -hmm. there, as mentioned again, this week. So believe me, the people that pour themselves into it in these locales, they do Mm -hmm. great jobs. And then the other part of that, and our guest is joining us now, is you can argue about the times all you want and how they arrive at deciding on who's playing at what times, because again, here we go with Carver and McMain playing at 11 a.m. Last year, they played at noon, but of course, last year, pandemic, crowds, forget about it. This year, crowds matter, and I I think that this game would attract a huge crowd if at a better time. I still think it'll be pretty well attended, but not as well. Now, the nightcap tonight is the 5A championship game between Zachary, the defending champion, the number one seed, and the North Shore Panthers, the 11th seed, have been a great story, which we've detailed at com. It's a pleasure to be joined now by the outstanding head coach of the North Shore Panthers, Josh Carlin. Josh, listen, we appreciate the time. And once again, regardless of what happens tonight, congratulations on an incredible run and a job well done.
3: Thank you, Mr. Kennedy. Thank you, Mr. Ed. We appreciate you having us on.
1: Well, listen, I mean, we've detailed it, and it's really – you can laugh at it now, the road warriors. I mean – we're joking about gas prices to start the show. You guys are probably Exhibit A in that because I think you just exhausted your entire budget for the year with all the miles you've gone, right?
3: Certainly, certainly. And usually I go on vacation after the season, but I'm almost tempted to cancel vacation and just stay home. We've been on the road so much in the last <laughs> couple of weeks, but it's been uh, it's been quite the journey. It's been you know we've made a bunch of memories and we won some uh, some memorable games and beat some formable opponents, and we're looking forward to tonight to to add another one to the list.
1: And,
2: Coach, how cool is this to share this with your dad?
3: You know, it's kind of hard to put into words. Uh, You know, I played for him for four years, and as a player, I wanted to give him his first state championship, and I was unable to do that. And then, uh, you know, as a coach, my first year as an assistant, um, you know, I was part of his staff to, to be a part of his first state championship. And so, you know, a lot of times, you know, as a coach's son and a guy that won 906 games and seven or eight Final Fours and a couple of championship appearances, you know, are you going to chase after 906? Are you going to chase after 906? And I've always told people I'm chasing after that one. Um, I don't know if I'll ever do it as long as to be able to get to that many wins, but, you know, to have a chance to, to do something that, you know, every coach dreams about and then to be able to share the experience with him is, you know, the whole journey has been very memorable and uh no matter what happens tonight nobody could take that away but you know hopefully we can get it done and you know share that memory you know together tonight
1: so many things to point to with your team but of course i cover the semifinal game and and james bridges steps up you, you had a lot of give and goes uh, that was working beautifully for you in particular in the first half he's not a guy as he said afterwards it's counted on to score a bunch but he goes off in this game with, what, 25 or so and 10 boards. and, and But that's kind of the way it's been for you. You've When you've needed other people to step up other than the obvious one or two, that's what's happened for you.
3: Certainly. You know, we average uh, four guys in double digits. And on any given night, it could be someone different. We had seven or eight guys throughout the year have double-digit performances. So although somebody might not average double digits, there's certainly threats when they're on the court. And, um, you know, a lot of times those guys are able to play in space with the attention that Robotham, you know, needs in order to stop them. And so those guys get freed up a little bit. And, you know, Fabian Hartley did a great job creating some opportunities for for James, and James did a great job moving off the ball. So those two guys, their chemistry was definitely evident in the semifinal game, and they're going to need to play that way again tonight to get it done.
2: Ed? Coach, when you talk about great athletes in the history of a school, I think Robotham is on his way to being one of those, don't you think?
3: Certainly, certainly. You know, the success that he's had at such a young age in football and in basketball and the the type of success the teams are having alongside of it, you know, it's definitely something to, to keep an eye on to see how he's going to be remembered. You know, but his story has so much left to be written. And, um, you know, the, the, the kid is just, he, he works extremely hard. Um, He's bought in in a short amount of time of what we're trying to accomplish and and what we're trying to sell as a coach and staff and the basketball side of things. And, you know, you've you've seen some very bright moments, but I feel like his future is even brighter. You know, so although he's a prolific scorer, you know, I I think as coaches, we still feel like we can elevate his game over the next couple of years.
1: Visiting with Josh Carlin of North Shore. Of course, you mentioned Fabian Hartley Jr., Uh, Tyrell Yates uh, has done a great job for you. Landon Renz has run the show. You know, you bring Dawson Knox off the bench, gives you some length there, too. And, you know, that game the other night, the the things that stood out for me was, you know, the first half, you know, with with Hartley and Bridges and what they were doing and sharing the ball and creating layup opportunities and also rebounding because you dominated the boards 51-33. You just absolutely crushed them on the boards. and I thought that was gigantic in that game.
3: Absolutely. You know, on the rebound side, you know, you minimize their second-chance opportunities, and it's going to be easier said than done tonight, but I feel like the blueprint is very similar. We've got to minimize our uh, Zachary's second-chance opportunities around the basket and keep those guys one-and-done on the offensive side and then also minimize their transition opportunities. And you do that two ways, minimizing turnovers and taking great shots. And if we do those types of things, we'll be right there at the end and have a chance to win. Ed?
2: Coach, when, when your team shares the ball like that, Uh, That that reminds you of your dad's teams, doesn't it?
3: (laughs) Well, you know, I I think basketball in general, you know, you would always like to have multiple guys be able to contribute on the offensive end. I feel like the the teams that are hardest to defend are ones that you don't know, you know, you got to pick your poison, so to speak. So, um, I know early in the season, we were kind of one-dimensional on the offensive side, and Robottom really had to carry the load. And he actually had to do that again at Rustin. But for us to be at our best, we need performances like Wednesday night where we have multiple guys in double digits and multiple guys with the balls in the hand, you know, facilitating and creating opportunities for others. So, with that being said, you know, I think the philosophy is very similar. Um, you know, ball movement, player movement, and – Passing up good shots for great shots. And if we do that tonight, I think we can get it done.
1: Visiting with Josh Carlin on North Shore. And, you know, you try to pick that seminal moment in the season where you really said, okay, I know we can do this. And to me, it might have been the game I covered against St. Paul's when you played them at home. And and you came storming back from down the whole game. Uh, You take the lead. You've outplayed them. You know, decisively in the fourth quarter, and then they steal the game on a three-pointer. All credit to them; they made the shot to win the game at the last second. But I walked out of there that night, and I told three or four people, "I said this is a team that can make a run, uh, if not at least to the quarters like last year to the semis." Well, you did me one better; you're in the finals. Was that a night? <laughs> was that a Was that a night where you felt like that that team uh, showed you that it was capable of doing this?
3: Well, certainly, you know. You know, sometimes you learn even in defeat, and, you know, that was one of those nights where we felt like going in, it was a statement game. And uh, another statement game that we had was against Carver right before Christmas, where we felt like, you know, this is an opportunity for us to show where we're at and how much room we still need to improve. Uh, To to a point, we almost feel losing to St. Paul's kind of helped us, because I feel our team may have felt a little complacency and contentment with a win, whereas it allowed us to realize, hey, we still have room to grow. And my message to those guys the next day was simply, we don't want to be defined by seven seconds. So because, you know, we gave up a three at the buzzer and we're up with seven seconds, that doesn't change the way we played and what we're capable of. It just shows us that we still have room to work and room to grow. And that's the exciting thing with this team all along all year is although in success, we still felt we could improve. And I even told the guys, after a Walker game, I said, guys, the most exciting thing is we still have two days to get better before Zachary. And I still feel, you know, with that and a walkthrough today and a shoot-around today, I, you know, I, I still think, you know, there's things that we can improve on uh, throughout the season. And, you know, hopefully we can we can see those improvements tonight.
1: And
2: So, Coach, how much of this game is on the court and how much of it is between the
3: ears? Well... In, in my opinion, you know, I know North Shore lost to Zachary last year, but that was a completely different team and different coaching staff and a different philosophy and different chemistry. You know, there's there's not many people that are a part of our team this year that were that experienced playing time in that loss. So for for me and the coaching staff, it doesn't matter. And my message to the team was Zachary's got a great record, but they're zero and zero versus us. Um, so. The mentality of the team has been all along all year, although within six losses, they've never felt like when we step on the court, we couldn't get the job done. And so even in defeat, there's things that, man, if we'd have done X, Y, and Z, we could have won the game. So going into tonight, you know, last year, I think is irrelevant. You know, they've lost guys, we've lost guys, six or seven seniors. So, you know, it's just a a new game, a new opportunity, and a new challenge, and Although the, the names of the teams are the same, I, I really don't feel like it's going to play a part.
1: So I, if I asked you the question, is Cohen Robatham a, a football player or a basketball player in the future? <laughs> Bobby might be listening right now, and he might get mad at the answer. So uh, I, I have – I mean, listen, I've answered the question to the best of my ability. I think he's absolutely uh, a Power 5 football talent. I think in basketball, if he's looked at as a, as a one guard – I think he could be looked at clearly as a Division One player. Your thoughts on that whole situation with Cohen? Obviously, he's got a lot of time to decide.
3: Certainly, and at, at this point, he still wants to play both. What will he decide, I think it's going to depend on, you know, the size schools that he's able to attend in each sport and, you know, what he feels like his future is going to, to hold. So, you know, he's only 16. He's got two years left to develop and grow and mature. And, you know, I I know he has no intention on dropping one sport or the other from a high school standpoint. So I think at this point, he's just embracing the love and embracing the journey. And, you know, his goal is to make history in football and in basketball. And so at this point in the season, he's been a part of a team that has done that in basketball, and he continues he has to continue to build on that over the next couple of years. And, you know, he has every intent on just carrying over to the football season and being able to create make some memories in the football aspect as well. From a college standpoint, he's going to be able to pick his sport in terms of what he wants to do. Uh, he's got Division one interest in basketball and offers already, and he's got Division one offers in, in football as well. So with that being said, you know, whatever he decides to do, there's no, there's no question he'll be successful. And,
2: coach, all, all the traveling, and I know Kenny alluded to it earlier. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's, it's taken any juice out of your club. Is that just youth you think, or what? What do you think that's all about?
3: Uh, I'm sorry, cut out.
2: It, I said all, all the traveling. It doesn't seem to be taking any juice out of your team. What do you attribute that to? Is it just Youth, or just momentum, or do you were, were you ever concerned about that? That that maybe some of the traveling would catch up with you.
3: Uh, to an extent, we were. You know, we we felt you know the odds were against us in terms of traveling. And if you look at the history, how many people can travel five hours and get the job done on the road? You know, that in itself is is a tall task. And to be able to do it back to back games within a three day period, you know, two five hour trips is definitely tough. But I would say this: when these kids are together i mean it's it's pretty fun it's it's comical it's comedy um they pick on each other just like anybody like brothers would do and they pick each other up it, it, it's really a unique a unique bond in chemistry that they've been able to develop over the last few weeks and i really attribute it to the amount of time we spent together on the road and in hotels and long bus rides and then to experience some positives in the process um you know, it's really been an enjoyable experience. We just got finished with a team breakfast, and, you know, the guys are all hanging out and enjoying each other's company and talking about the game and, you know, just talking about basketball and talking about life. But It's it's one of those uh, – it's been able to eliminate the distractions and the stuff that you may experience at home. And I honestly think being out of school uh, over Mardi Gras break and not having the, the schoolwork and the uh, – student body congratulating them and butter them up over those two those two games i think that helped as well you know it allowed us to stay locked in and focused and and focused on the task so it's helped us i feel in a in a way and it's definitely created some memories outside of the court you know that these guys remember for a long time
1: well i talked to my friend nate roche in lake charles of course on thursday from carver who you played earlier this year i had Stephen kelly and mcmain on our show last night i know you're You're at Burton Coliseum. You're going to watch the game between Carver and McMain today. Uh, That ought to be a good one. You played Carver. You got any perspective on that one at all?
3: Carver is, in my opinion, one of the more talented, if not the most talented team, you know, in the state. And when they're they're clicking on all cylinders, they're definitely tough to beat. Um, You know, that team doesn't have to rely on the three in the Coliseum. You know, they can get to the rim. They can finish at a high clip. They got – you know extremely talented athletic guys get second chance opportunities uh but you can't fight mcmahon they shoot extremely well they have Corey that can kind of neutralize solomon they're extremely well coached um they're not going to beat themselves so they're very disciplined on both sides of the ball and i'm looking forward to watching the game it's you know you, you mentioned it earlier why are they playing at 11 a.m i have no clue you know, whether they should be the 8 o'clock game or the, the 8 o'clock game on Friday night, but those guys, the rematch, I mean, this has been a highly anticipated matchup since last season, um, and it should be one to remember tonight, so it's, uh, I'm not sure what the LHSA was considering when they decided to put them at 11 o'clock on Saturday, but uh, I'm certainly looking forward to the matchup. Ed, final thought?
2: Well, Coach, the only thing I can say is good luck, man. It's it's uh, It's been an amazing run to be the 11th seed, and I think you were probably under a little bit, but, uh, you know, great job. That's all I can say. Just incredible.
3: <laughs> well, I appreciate it. We're looking forward to, you know, to hopefully adding another memory tonight. And like you said, the seedings at this point, when you get into the playoffs, you know, they you kind of throw them out the window. I would like them to see to go back to regions like they did a couple of years ago to eliminate guys like us having to travel across the state, back-to-back games, uh, maybe do a Thursday-Saturday deal. and. In the uh, second and third round to eliminate those types of things. But from a seeding standpoint, you know, normally the formula is pretty accurate. I think one, two, three, and four made it in 4A, and it's been pretty consistent for the last few years. So although it's a Cinderella story and a seeding standpoint, uh, you know, I've, Mr. Kensau has played throughout the year. You know, a lot of guys felt like we could be in this position. Um, and so fortunately, we're gelling at the right time, and we're looking forward to the opportunity tonight to, to take on Zachary.
1: Well, it's going to be fun to watch tonight, the nightcap at Burton Coliseum between North Shore and Zachary. It's been a, a heck of a ride. Uh, Josh Carlin's done a terrific job making his dad proud in the process and making a lot of people in the Slidell community proud. It's been a wonderful story. And, oh, by the way, a chance for the Daily Double in terms of 5A because the Ponchatoula girls from District 6-5A are the state champions, and Trish Landes did a great job there. So, representing coach, good luck to you tonight, year.
3: I appreciate it. Thanks for
1: having me on. All right, Josh. Thank you. Josh Carlin of the North Shore Panthers. Really good coach, Ed. I've seen his team play several times this year. Uh, I love what they run. Uh, they do it in great fashion. When they need to break somebody down, one-on-one off the dribble, they'll give the ball to them, But they've got guys that understand the game and they run their offense extremely well. And, and they're just playing with, they're playing with confidence. I mean, to go on the road and win at Captain Shreve, go on the road and win at Ruston, you know, to win in the semifinals in Lake Charles against Walker, a program you know very well uh, from the Sugar Bowl tournament. And and, and and again, most times when teams get there for the first time, they look like they're there for the first time. North Shore didn't look like that at all when I covered that game on Thursday.
2: Well, I mean, look, they, they, they certainly are not playing like a team that 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 is inexperienced. You know, I mean, they don't look like an inexperienced team and they they look like they have a lot of confidence. And yep. they were down in that game. To come back and win that game is pretty special.
1: Yeah, listen, I mean, I test. I covered the Zachary game, too. Zachary looks like the better team. I mean, they, they have incredible shooters, great talent. They've been there, done that. They've won it. They play with confidence, uh, bordering on cockiness. But that's that's a good thing because that's a team that, that knows it's good and plays that way. So it's an uphill battle, but I'm not selling this North Shore team short based upon what they've been able to accomplish. So that's the nightcap tonight. And again, coming up at 11 a.m., it's Carver and McMain. We'll try to keep you updated uh, during the show on what happens in that game since we're on the air here. And obviously, that game's being played at 11 a.m. in Lake Charles, Louisiana. We'll do our best to keep you posted. To join in the conversation, 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061. When we return, we'll stay with basketball, get into the college game and what's happening with the teams that matter to us. And of course, we'll get into the Pelicans with basketball later in the show, also the Saints extensively. And, oh, by the way, there will be Major League Baseball. Amen, hallelujah. We'll take a time out here, back in just a moment, Ken and Ed, Three Tailgaters Show, on one zero six one FM, Nash Icon and on the web at nashfm1061.com. Ken Trahan here with Scott Craig of Francesca by Katie's Deli Pizzeria, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. We both love high school sports and the St. Louis Cardinals. That's a big amen. And we both love great food in a great location. That's a bigger amen. Francesca by Katie's has it all. That includes daily specials, building your own sandwiches and pizzas, delicious burgers, scrumptious salads, and a kid's menu. Francesca by Katie's is also host of Ken Trahan's Original Prep Football Report. We love supporting our area schools. It's a shame not everybody can go to Brother Mark. Or Rumble. If you don't come, you're to blame. You'll be glad you came. Francesca by Katie's, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lake. Conventional wisdom said we
5: couldn't make a 400-horsepower sedan. that's also a plug-in hybrid. At Volvo, we don't follow conventional wisdom. The all-new Volvo S60. Learn more at volvocars.com forward slash US.
6: To experience our idea of luxury, visit Bergeron Volvo on Vets in Metairie or online at
7: bergeronvolvo.com today.
8: People come into Diamonds Direct and they can't believe what we brought to New Orleans. A totally new concept in jewelry shopping with wall-to-wall diamonds and designer rings at prices you never thought possible. But what people like here just as much is our after-the-sale added value. See, at Diamonds Direct, you will never pay to repair any jewelry purchased here. Never, ever. Repairs and maintenance are free. What other stores charge you for? Diamonds Direct gives you free. Ring sizing, free. Rhodium finish, free. New prongs, free. Appraisal, free. Need a stone tightened? No charge at Diamonds Direct. Even if you accidentally knock out an accent diamond, we will replace it at no charge. And while other jewelry stores require you to have your jewelry constantly inspected to keep a warranty At Diamonds Direct, inspections are not required. Bottom line, we stand behind what we sell, so you can buy with total confidence. Diamonds Direct, New Orleans' direct diamond importer, where the best value price is just the beginning. In a beautiful showroom on Severn Avenue across from Lakeside Mall.
0: Since 1935, the All-State Sugar Bowl has been a proud New Orleans New Year's Day tradition. Through its annual support of college football and amateur sports, the Sugar Bowl attracts hundreds of thousands of visitors to the state, providing countless opportunities for young people. Resources from these events enable the Sugar Bowl to support education and community programs impacting thousands of New Orleans area teachers and citizens. The All-State Sugar Bowl, proud to host the best of the Big 12 and the SEC in the Superdome on New Year's Day. Just tuning in? We're just getting started with the 3 Tailgaters show on 1061 Nash Icon, nashfm1061.com, and through crescentcitysports.com. What are you waiting for? Call 504-260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels.
1: Ken and Ed with you here on a Saturday morning as we march on. I'm at kirsch Stadium, again, Delgado with a doubleheader, against Coastal Alabama Community College North at 1 p.m., It's just beautiful out here, like 80 degrees. No, I'm just kidding. So, wind's blowing at about 25, and that's calmed down a bit, if you can believe that. But we're good. Looking forward to it. You can watch it live at DelgadoAthletics.com, coming up at 1 p.m. today. We'll get into college baseball in just a little bit. At college basketball, I I want to start with NAIA because the Xavier men got a thrilling win last night in the NAIA national tournament. The Loyola women went easy over Menlo College at Fogelman, and the Loyola men just dominated. In their game 1-1982 over at Benedictine University, over at Fogelman Devlin Fieldhouse last night, Loyola, number one national seed on the men's side, and we've talked about it all season long. But this is such a good basketball team. First of all, give Kelly Kennedy credit; she's had that kind of program for so many years now. Uh, after Doobie plays on, got it established, and they continue to win. And Stacy Hollowell's done an amazing job at Loyola. I gotta believe, considering his coaching experience, and his age, that he's, a, he's an upwardly mobile guy. He might be a tough guy to keep. He's done that good of a job, Ed.
2: Well, as I've told Stacy um, on many occasions, uh, I think Loyola ought to certainly make the investment and look into going to Division One. Uh, I'd love
1: to I, see Loyola go Division One.
2: Yeah, and it's a million dollars for the application. Yep. But apparently there's a gentleman in town, who, who who led that effort for for one of the schools, Belmont, Dallas Baptist, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly, but this gentleman does live in town. So he does exist. He's not a rumor. And, right. um, And I, I think that Loyola, I thought it was an asinine decision back in the 70s. I, you know, of course, you and I were high school students when it happened, and we, uh, we arrived on campus at the communication school. Yep. You know, they killed right a good
1: basketball program. They killed a good baseball program. Right,
2: exactly. Exactly. Had a bu- had and a buddy by
1: the name of Rags used to be involved in that thing right. a little bit. Too,
2: I, th- you know? I, th- I, th- I thought it was a, a, a very myopic decision at that point. I thought it, it was. was wrong, I thought it was the wrong decision. And uh, there's a way to reverse it. And, and here's the thing you know, um, it's been great for the school and I think great for the student population. And, you know, there's a way, there's a way to. to to make that gym of theirs, make their their rec center, um, you know, retrofit it where you could do that, and you could also play some games at Tulane. I think they have a very good relationship there, and I would hope that that would continue. But I think they ought to go to Division One. I think the fact, uh, you know, and I think it would help enrollment. I remember what Tim Duncan said about two or three weeks ago. We were at that Final Four press conference, and what Tim mm-hmm. Duncan said was. The schools that have added football, that are like us, you know, Division One schools in cities, have yeah. seen their enrollment go up 37 percent.
1: There's no doubt that's true. I mean, and athletic I, success I, translates into right. more admissions. There's no doubt that's true. Right. So, so hopefully,
2: you know, I know that the school is on much better financial footing than than it has been uh, it, in in the in the past and. You know, I think they could raise the money to be able to do that. I'm sure they probably have that in endowment, but I don't know that for sure. Yeah. But uh, I, I just think it's time. I think that, you know, the, the, what you've done in NAIA is amazing, but, it, but um, you know, Division One would just give you a whole new profile. Well, how much it, how it, it, much certainly, is- it
1: certainly does. I mean look, not to yeah. interrupt, but here's the deal. You do what you do for a living. You've got three and a half minutes every night to present something. And you do everything you can to focus on local sports. Okay? Yeah, I we have don't long do
2: national sports.
1: I have local. I have more of a, a larger forum because I have a website and I have radio shows which are longer form like this where we can talk about these things more. But the reality of the situation is Our discussion about NAIA sports is going to be significantly less than it is about Division I sports, about FBS sports. That's clear as day, and that's simply because of the interest level, the pure numbers, and the competition. When I mention that Loyola beat Benedictine University at Mesa, obviously people are going to say, who? But that does not diminish what they're accomplishing. As I said, he's done a great job. Look, Jerry Hernandez did a great job of restarting that program. Mike Giorlando did an outstanding job. And I did games for seven years for them, so I know a little bit about it. And then, of course, now with Coach Hollowell. And by the way, they've done a good job in baseball, too. And they hired a really Mm -hmm. good coach a couple years ago. He's done an excellent job with that program. But again, how many people truly notice because it, it falls below radar? Let's face it newspaper is not only not what it used to be but it's it's without I don't want to be critical but it's it's not that much of a blip on the radar screen everything's online and of course everything's been driven to social media as well and that's where newspapers live now anyway is on the web. So that kind of coverage has dissipated significantly. even the major division one programs don't have regular what you would call beat writers anymore. So the coverage is diminished across the board. so to fit in, and Ed Cassier does a great job, at, at Xavier, of getting us information, as he does with you, I'm sure, every day, about what they do. And we publish it all. But again, the, the coverage of those programs is obviously going to be far, far less because of the availability, because of the level of interest, and because of who they're playing. So that's why I think they should take a look at it, just like UNO is taking a look at football right now. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I, you know, look, there's, there's no doubt that, that it, w- it certainly would improve Uh, Your your profile and um, And I think it's I think it's something that 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 needs to be done and you know, the only thing I can think of is You know, I know Loyola of Chicago Was very well known in Chicago and in the Midwest or maybe Mm -hmm. in it within within 200 miles of that campus Yeah, of course, but now they're a national brand am I right? No doubt about it. Okay, and there's and there's only there's there's two reasons for that. Their basketball team and Sister Jean. Sister Everyone, Jean. Everyone. Sister yeah. Jean's the most famous nun in America. Okay. Right. Everyone knows who she is. And, right. And, you know, to me, you know, I'm watching I'm watching an A- ACC game, uh, the other day, and, and it's it's weird to watch Miami and see Jim Larinaga, when the only thing I can think of when I see Jim Larinaga is George Mason. Of course. Hmm. I'm not thinking.
1: Final four guy, yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm not thinking about Miami, you know. So, I mean, it is what it is.
1: Right. Well, listen, the same thing is true of Dillard and and now Southern's reinstituting athletics, and I'm happy to see that. You know, Kiki Baker Barnes is a terrific person. Does a great job at Dillard. Mike New's done a really good job there for several years. Southern is bringing athletics back, and that's a good deal. And then, of course, Xavier is playing baseball now, which is great. In its second year, and that is terrific to see that. Softball, too, by the way. And then you look at the other programs, and you hope that that sport is instituted there. Dillard is doing the same thing, so that's great. And Joe Sherman's here, too, in PressBox and, and helping well, I me can out hear him, I can hear him coaching you in the background. He's coaching me. He's coaching me in the background. He's telling me to get a little bit better lead right now. You know, oh, I, the second the secondary lead isn't what it needs to be. My speed isn't quite what it used to be. Well, so I need another couple of inches Well, if I'm the, gonna, let me tell gonna you gonna what. If you were,
2: if you if you were going to steal second the ball would yeah. have to roll all the way to the backstop and the and the catcher would have but to drop it. Then maybe you'd have a chance.
1: If the ball rolled all the way to the backstop and the catcher dropped and it. And then the catcher dropped it and mishandled it. You might have it. a chance. I have a 50-50 shot to slide in safely at second. And oh by the way, if I slide I ain't getting up, okay? That's just the way it is. And as you know, back in the day, the one gift I did have was my speed. I could run. So somehow that disappeared really? somewhere. Oh, okay. I don't know what happened. I have oh. no idea. You know, it's really funny because we used to play, you know, I, we used to play our celebrity softball games, a lot of my Kersh Rooney with, with uh, my wonderful, dear friend, Rag Sherman would let us come and use it all the time. And Rag's told me after one of the games that he sat out here and put up with us. And he tells me after the game, he says, you know why didn't you play more? You run really well. I said, "Yeah, it's about the only thing I could do is run." So it's pretty funny. He could spot talent. He didn't say anything about my ability to catch the ball, uh, or, or to hit. hit, or to hit for that matter. But I, I was, that particular night, I was hitting. Joe Orr was pitching, and he's a legendary knuckleball pitcher. And I had two hits off of him. And of course, I took them both the other way, and just waited on it. But having said that, great memories, to say the least. But look. Uh, I'm glad to see baseball at Xavier. I'm glad to see Dillard instituting that. Uh, Loyola's got a good program, and but I agree with you about Loyola with trying to make an effort to go to Division I. And I also, of course, concur uh, wholeheartedly about UNO's effort with football. And as you know, I was a senior administrator there and really advocated that strongly when I was there. So hopefully in our lifetimes, we see those things happen because if that does happen, look, I mean, I remember you You too, I spent a lot of time at Loyola Fieldhouse like a lot of us did as, as youngsters and, and the baseball program too with Greg Sherman, Coach Moreau, the whole bunch who have coached that program over the years. And it's great to see that they're back and playing well. They play their games at SegNet Field and that's a nice facility, but it's a long way from campus. Uh, and again, it gets kind of lost in translation. Uh, the you know The recreation center, you know, the den is, is fine for what they do. And ultimately, they'd have to change facilitation if they want to go to that next level. But listen, uh, in the present, great job by Stacey Hollowell. Great job there as well by Kelly Kennedy. And kudos to Xavier. Coach Williams has done a great job there with that program as they march on. All right, so what about Tulane basketball? Can they, can they do something magical? Is that at all possible?
2: Well, I think it's going to be it's going to be hard, you know, I think yeah. as they as they play against better teams and they mm-hmm. don't have Cook, it's going to be hard to generate that offense, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't think they, I don't think they can beat Houston. I, I, I certainly don't think they can beat Houston. But but again, you know, have they given themselves a chance to play in one of those initial postseason tournaments? Possibly. Uh, stay tuned. Yeah, well, they're, well
2: they're they're 14 and 14. Correct. Uh, um, but had a
1: winning record in the conference. They have a winning
2: record in the league. They've, they've, they've done well in the league. But, uh, you know, it's just it's just hard when you look at, at uh, you know, they, they lost at home to Houston by 14. They lost on the road to them by 11. So they've got some ground to make up. And I think what you saw in the last game is they hung with them for a while. But at some point, Kenny, you've got to be able to generate enough offense to win a game like that.
9: Mm-hmm. And I
2: think you've got to be – you got to be in the 70s, probably, maybe the high 70s, to have a chance to win that game. And the only thing I would say is is that, you know, um, okay, where, where are the points going to come from? You know, I, I, I don't know. Now, the one thing I will say yesterday is that I thought even though he didn't shoot the ball a lot, Sion James had a great game. He did not miss a shot. He was, uh, he was four for four, he had nine assists. Uh, he had five blocks. I mean, he played a great game. And you know, Devon Baker stepped up, had fifteen points. so that 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 is a huge lift for them. You know they they had different guys who who were able to contribute. but you know it's just it's just hard um, against a team like Houston who can score and is talented to to be able to to win that game, you you're going to have to shoot the ball really well, and and the thing is, is that you know that Houston's going to pay a lot of attention, a lot of attention to Forbes, and you know Forbes only took eight shots yesterday, so I thought it was encouraging the fact that that he only took eight shots and they still won the game.
1: Last night here on 106.1 FM, Southeastern eliminated the University of New Orleans by nine in Katy, Texas, in the semifinals. The Lions playing for the conference championship and a chance, obviously, a bid in the NCAA tournament. If they can win, they've got, on the other side, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, who upset Nichols, the top seed last night. So it's A&M Corpus Christi against Southeastern. Great opportunity for the Lions. They won the preseason Southland Conference tournament in Katy, and here they are on the precipice of winning in Katy again. And this time, if they do so, they go to the NCAA tournament. Disappointing for UNO last night, obviously 18 and 13. Uh, they're not going anywhere unless they get into one of those other initial tournaments. And for Southeastern, a terrific opportunity. And for Nichols, a, a massive disappointment after being the number one seed.
2: Yes, it is. No, no question. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm checking out the, the games last night, and I'm like, holy smoke, the two teams that played – for the league title a week ago, don't have a chance. And, you know, I'm not going to say that's the problem, but that's the dilemma of one-bid leagues. Am I right?
1: Yeah, it's all weighted toward the tournament. It's that simple. It doesn't matter what you did in the regular season. You know it's a one-bid league going in. So you hate to say the regular season doesn't mean anything. Obviously, it does. Uh But here's Corpus Christi with a chance to get in the NCAA tournament, and they were an afterthought. So uh, I guess on one hand, that's the beauty of college basketball and the whole March Madness thing. So you can look at it from that perspective, too. And then there's LSU. They get beat by Arkansas for the third time this year. It was a familiar script. Uh, They don't shoot the ball well enough from the field. Helter-skelter offensively look good for periods of time. Then they disappear on the offensive end and look lost. And you can't do that against quality opposition, and Arkansas is very good.
2: Well, I mean, you know, the, the the first three or four minutes of the second half sunk them. And, you know, again, when, when you look when you look at their team, they're still a player short. But they are, you know, they're going to get in the NCAA tournament. I think they're going to have a good seating because they played They played a really good schedule. Uh, and based on where they were last year, getting to the conference championship game and all the guys they lost, I still think they've had a good year. The only question now is if, if is Will Wade coaching the team in the future?
1: Well, that was the next question, obviously. Uh, it, Clearly, the stuff is finally arriving, and we all know about the contract situation with cause and so forth and so on. And people have asked me over and over again, I don't know the answer. I know that if this stuff gets serious, then there's a good chance he won't be the coach in the future. And let's just say what we've said every step of the way, let it play itself out before passing judgment and making extraneous comment the only thing i will say is that if there is just cause and if there is found to be guilt in this situation then i keep hearing the argument that well the blue bloods do it too and they get away with it there may be some level of truth to that if not Mm -hmm. uh, being mostly true Mm -hmm. but that does not excuse behavior you know it's the old axiom well well he did it and she did it too it doesn't matter if you did it you did it so that's part of the deal, and you have to accept what comes along with that. So whatever happens, uh, again, I'm gonna let it play itself out. I've taken that approach the whole time. It didn't sound good, didn't look good or smell good, and you just wondered when it might happen. And for since it lasted so long, we started to wonder if anything was ever going to happen, but apparently uh, we're at the precipice of that now.
8: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I mean, look, um uh, we don't we don't know what the what the future holds. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess we'll 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 find out at some point. I've put in a public records request. Uh, LSU has acknowledged it. Right. I have I have no idea when we'll get that report. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, I look at their RPI. Yeah. And it, it's it's 28. That's pretty good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're in good position, even though they're a 500 team in their league. Two six zero one zero six one. That's five zero four two six zero one zero six one to join us a timeout here. When we return, college baseball and more. Still to come, we'll talk Saints and Pelicans extensively. Glad you're with us on this Saturday morning. We'll get into college baseball in just a moment as Ed and I continue with the Three-Tail Gators show here on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon, and on the web. We're at NashFM1061.com. Life Resources Ministries exists for showing men the way, building men to spiritual maturity, and preparing God's people for service. Life Resources Ministries has Bible studies in person and via Skype throughout the metro area, along with outreaches weekly on Wednesdays at Piccadilly Cafeteria on Clearview Parkway in Menory. There are business forums and fellowship meetings as well. Life Resources also puts on major outreach prep breakfast with national speakers up to four to five times per year. Visit us online at liferesources.net. Life Resources Ministries, leaders investing for eternity. Family owned and operated by a great local family, Bergeron Volvo at 3525 Veterans Boulevard in Metairie has a full stock of fabulous 2021 vehicles with a wide range of the XC Series, including the XC40, the XC60, and the XC90. If you are looking for a luxury sedan, see the S60 or S90. Don't forget the XC90 Hybrid or rugged V90 Cross Country from Bergeron Volvo. Visit BergeronVolvoCars.com. To
6: experience our idea of luxury, visit Bergeron Volvo on Vets in Metairie or online at BergeronVolvo.com.
7: .com today
10: since 1933, Yeo College Inn has been one of New Orleans' favorite restaurants. From Louisiana seafood to farm fresh vegetables, you are sure to have a great meal. Located on the corner of Carrollton and Earhart, next door to the world famous Rocket Bowl, it's one stop dine and rock every Tuesday through Saturday starting at 4 p.m. Enjoy dinner at Yeo College Inn and party at the Rocket Bowl. New Orleans One Stop Dine and Rock.
1: Top service. Locally owned. Outstanding deals. Conveniently located. Professionals motivated to sell where the customer comes first. That describes the experience at Premier Automotive Group where you'll find the best prices anywhere on Toyota, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram and Kia. Premier Automotive offers a warranty for life on its vehicles and a money back guarantee. Visit my friend Troy Duhon at one of his outstanding dealerships. Toyota of New Orleans. Premier Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Fiat. Premier Honda in New Orleans. Premier Nissan in Metairie. And Premier Kia in Kenner.
7: Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make $200 to $300 this year. Wow. That's serious
6: extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app
10: now. Download the free GetUpside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GREAT for 25 cents a gallon or more cash back on your first tank. You can cash out anytime, right to your bank, to PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code GREAT to earn 25 cents a gallon or more on your first tank. That's code GREAT.
0: You want the Total Sports Package? Let's talk prep, college, pro, all sports, all the time. You get it all from the three tailgaters on 106.1 NASH Icon, NASHFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com with Ken and Ed. Give us a call at 504-260-1061.
1: College baseball. The LSU survived Bethune-Cookman 9-8. The bigger story, though, is Blake Money with an injury. And if that lingers at all, LSU's in trouble. They got away with a win against Bethune-Cookman, and that's a relief of sorts, but they had to score nine runs to do it. Tulane was canceled. They, they did not move their game up like others did, and they paid the price and couldn't play last night. They'll play a doubleheader today. And right here on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon, a brutal loss for the University of New Orleans. They've been playing really well. But they lost 6-5 to five to Youngstown State, but it's how they lost that was difficult. UNO had a 5 nothing lead in the eighth inning. And they gave up six runs in the eighth and lost 6-5. And what happened was their starter had pitched six shutout innings, came out, and the bullpen just laid an egg. Tyler LeBlanc pitched well, but UNO drops to 8-3 with the defeat. I mentioned Delgado today here against Coastal Alabama Community College North. Say that fast three times, 1 o'clock. Doubleheader, have it at DelgadoAthletics.com. Dolphins are 12-6 and six on the year. The team they're playing, the Eagles are 11-4. and four. All right, so, Ed, your take on college baseball. Uh, Tulane, big win over Mississippi State last weekend. Lost to Southern Miss this week. UNO was playing well. Brutal loss yesterday. The LSU was 11-3, and three, but you can't be too excited or enthusiastic about them because of their pitching and their defense. Your thoughts?
2: Well, I mean, I, I think that's, that's the big concern about LSU, their defense and their pitching. Uh, we know they can hit. There's no doubt about that. But uh, if, if, you have, if you have some glaring errors or, or some glaring areas, they will certainly show up in, um, in the SEC. So I, I think that that's when we'll find out about them. That's when we find out about them every year.
1: Well, certainly that's when you'll find out about bottom, And in college baseball today, in particular, at the highest level in the SEC, but in any level of baseball, give me pitching and defense every day of the week and twice on Sunday, I'm going to win more games than a team that has offense. So that's that's got to be a concern uh, for Jay Johnson. He's got guys that probably have a couple of guys playing out of position, but that's the kind of team they have. And then the pitching, as I mentioned, if money's hurt, they got a real problem. Devin Fondo came in through three innings. They're going to need him to do that on a regular basis based upon uh, the way things are going with their pitching and their defense is shaky. Really big series win for Tulane last weekend. Of course, went and lost in Hattiesburg to a good Southern Miss team, but you know, so far pretty good for Travis Jewett's team.
2: Yeah, I think they've done well. And, um, you know, what's interesting is that Groff is hitting what 477 hmm but then they don't have anybody else above 300 right it, it really is a mix and match after that and the one thing that I think you're going to see them do all year is they're going to play a lot of guys they're going to have a few guys who are mainstays but they're going to play a lot of guys and I know we had coach into the uh, studio this week for a sports zone interview and one of the things he talks about is their depth so I think what you're going to see is they're going to be playing a lot of guys.
1: And then with the University of New Orleans, as mentioned, eight and three now, and had a good weekend last week and had a sizable lead that got away yesterday. You hope that doesn't linger. They got Youngstown State today. Of course, when I'm sitting here at Curtis Rooney and I'm watching the wind right now, I'm just imagining what it's like at Ron Mastry Field at Private Park right now. <laughs> you, know, you know what it's like on the lakefront and all the games I've done out there. And that can be the ultimate beast of Uh, when the wind's blowing, it's got to be absolutely crazy out there today.
2: I don't think there's any question about that. Boy, i I tell you what, I I can remember some of those games out there in in February and March and even early April.
1: Mm
10: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that's the
1: ultimate ballpark that could play decisively one way and then decisively the other way. If the wind's blowing in, man. It's hard to do anything there. Well, if the wind's blowing out, and then with the hard infield, which they've they've always had, not hard, but a fast infield, that's one of the better manicured fields over the years. And talked to Tom Schwanner not too long ago. He did a great job with that for so many years, and they've carried that on. Uh, look, it's a fast infield. And then if the wind's blowing out, goodness gracious.
2: Well, you know, also, too, like, if, if you look at – if you remember Zephyr Field when it was a, a baseball yard, don't get me started, mm-hmm. but anyhow right. – if, if, if you I, I want to Zep- get you
1: started, but go ahead.
2: If, if you look, if you look at Zephyr Field, it played completely different in April than it did in July. I mean, it was just, you know, if if you went there early in the season and the wind was coming from the north, it was a completely different ballpark. It it, it would take it would take a real shot to get out of there because it was already a big park to begin with. And if you no a pitcher, look, I, I man, did a bunch of games there, obviously,
1: yeah i did a bunch of games there obviously when they first opened zephyr field you know left center field was 389 or something like that. that's crazy no i'm sorry 415 to left center pardon me before they moved it in but in that first year they played there in 1997 the zephyrs richard hidalgo had 37 doubles because he had everything to the gaps. he goes to houston and he hits 42 home runs <laughs> a lot different because he was playing a much smaller park than zephyr field was so totally different Dynamic and oh by the way that is a baseball park. Last time I checked.
2: Yeah, well, hopefully at some point it returns to that, but I'm not sure.
1: All right, it's five zero four two six zero one zero six one. Go ahead.
2: I I think the only way it ever returns to that is if uh, if Mrs. Benson owns a team and they bring it back
1: there. I think you're right. Agreed. 2601061 Two six zero one zero six one five zero four two six zero one zero six one. A brief timeout. Second hour begins in a moment. We'll get into the Saints extensively, NFL, Pelicans, and more. Glad you're with us on this Saturday morning Three Tailgator show. Hey, right on three decades. Doing this for a while, having a great time with it. Back in a moment here on 1061 FM Nash Icon and on the web at NashFM1061.com. For 15 years, the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl has been proud to support one of the area's great traditions, high school football, and the Prep Football Player of the Week Award. The RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl's weekly recognition of excellence on the field of high school student athletes reflects our understanding of the importance of athletics in the development of our youth. The Prep Player of the Year will be presented the Ronald D. Gardner Award on the field at the Caesar Superdome during the 2021 RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl Saturday night, December 18th. Tickets available now at newolensbowl.com.
5: Issues easier. A plus rated with a better business bureau, Optima's award winning team has helped thousands of people protect their paychecks, bank accounts, homes, and businesses by putting their tax problems to rest. Resolving over $1 billion in tax debts for their clients. Call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800 704 9936. 800 704 9936. 800 704 9936. Optima Tax Relief.
1: Ken Trahan here with Scott Craig of Francesca by Katie's Deli Pizzeria, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. We both love high school sports and the St. Louis Cardinals. That's a big amen. And we both love great food at a great location. That's a bigger amen. Francesca by Katie's has it all. That includes daily specials, building your own sandwiches and pizzas, delicious burgers, scrumptious salads, and a kid's menu. Francesca by Katie's is also host of Ken Trahan's Original Prep Football Report. We love supporting our area schools. It's a shame not everybody can go to Brother Martin Or Rummel. If you don't come, you're to blame. You'll be glad you came. Francesca by Katie's, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. View.
10: Terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for recurring automated marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop to opt out. Terms and conditions apply. Visit ISSA online for details. Hey,
1: how'd you
6: like to get paid to work out? Yes, I said get paid to work out. Now you can with ISSA, the global leader in personal fitness certification. If you're interested in a money-making career in fitness as a personal trainer, now is your time because ISSA is guaranteeing you will get a job. That's right. There's a huge demand for certified personal trainers right now. So once you get ISSA Certified, they guarantee you will get a job. Just text Form to 323232 32 32 now to get started for free. You do everything at your own pace and 100% online. Live your life on your terms. Get certified and train like you want, full time at a gym, at home, or as a side hustle. Whatever works for you. Don't wait another day to start your career in fitness. Get certified and start making money fast, guaranteed. Just text Form to 323232 32 32 right now to get started with your ISSA certification for free. Text the word Form to
0: 32. 32 anytime anywhere smartphone tune in radio app we are 1061 nash icon wrkn picayune new orleans the second hour begins it's the three tailgaters show on 1061 nash icon Nash FM 1061com and at crescentcitysports.com be a part of the show now call 504-260-1061 back to ken trahan and ed daniels
1: not a good look for the New Orleans Pelicans. They've lost four in a row now after getting drubbed last night by Charlotte and couldn't stop anybody. It looked like the defense of the Alvin Gentry years and even Stan Van Gundy, uh, they just couldn't stop. Look, part of it is the Hornets shot the ball well, but the defense just wasn't there. The one bright spot, Trey Murphy, 32 points, shot the ball well. You got a glimpse of what he perhaps can be, but they're now 2-15 and without Brandon Ingram. They haven't won a game without McCollum. We know the record without Williamson. And that is the larger issue, is the health, because by the time the season's over, Ingram will have missed more than 20 games, and Williamson has missed every game. So, Ed, I don't know that we're ever going to find out what this team is capable of doing. You and I talked on the show last week about it might be best to not see Williamson this year, just to see what you've got without him, and the team had been playing well, but that was with Ingram and with McCollum. Now, McCollum Health and Protocol, out, Ingram, Hamstring, out, and for all practical purposes, they're out. Now, they're a game ahead of San Antonio for that 10 spot. The Spurs won last night, Popovich sets a record for wins, and the Lakers won last night to move a, a game further ahead. I mean, it's all about that play-in spot, and the only reason we're talking about it is because the Western Conference just isn't very good after the first five or six teams. It's still a conversation, but again, is it better for this team not to make the playoffs given the circumstances?
2: Well, I don't I don't see anything wrong with going into the lottery because I don't think they're gonna be able to win many games once they get in, but I know you always want to get in, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I think I think the playing uh whole aspect of that, Kenny, was was okay during the uh, pandemic, but I'm not a fan of it anymore. I don't like it. I, I don't I, like it at I, all. Think, I think it needs to go away. I do too. I
1: don't understand you know right. I I mean I know what they're doing. They're trying to keep more teams engaged mm-hmm. and they're trying to keep more fans engaged. But the fans know. I mean, LeBron James had over 50 last night. Kudos to him. Great game and all that stuff. But that's a team with a losing record that's going to be in the postseason. Whoever finishes in in that 10 spot is going to be a team that's at least 10 games under 500. At least. And they're in the postseason.
2: Well, the Pelicans are 27 and 40 right now. Right. So, um, you know, So believe me, I, I don't... I don't know, Kenny. I I just think that that was a a pandemic gimmick. I hate to use the word gimmick, but it was. And, uh, you know, I think that at at some point, you know, why are you playing 82 games to essentially eliminate 10 teams? And that's what you're doing. You're eliminating. 82
1: games and you eliminate 10 teams out of 30. There you go.
2: And and frankly, with all the rest and all the other things, you know, speaking of Greg Popovich, when he sent guys home – and they didn't play in a game. There was such an outrage
9: all mm-hmm. right,
2: around the NBA. And, of course, he got fined heavily for doing that. Right. It turns out, you know, and I don't like giving Popovich uh, too much credit because I think he's an ass, okay? But, um, you know, I, I think he's a very good coach. But uh,
1: he turns out he was ahead of his time. He was. No, you give him a lot of credit. He was right about that. And that's what everybody's gone to, obviously, over – an extended period of time. The Pelicans, unfortunately, don't have to go that route because their key players already miss games like crazy. So, And that's, again, something that has to be considered on a long-term basis. Just bad luck with McCollum, the whole health and and safety protocols thing. But Ingram, as I mentioned, by season's end, he will have missed more than 20 games. Mm -hmm. And they can't win without him. That's obvious. 2-15. and And then with Williamson, he's on the bench last night, I guess, there's the other positive aside from Trey Murphy is there was a Zion Williams sighting last night.
2: How about that? Well, we, yeah. were, at practice, we were at shoot around yesterday mm-hmm. and he was shooting. He was actually dribbling, dribbling the basketball and shooting. Mm-hmm. Huh. How about that?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, look, he may play, okay? Mm-hmm. And if he does, great.
7: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, you know, and like, and the,
1: reason, the reason he may play mm-hmm. is because they still have a shot because of this whole play-in scenario and how bad the yeah. bottom end and, and look, of the Western there's Conference no, is.
2: There's, there's no doubting that, that he would have an impact on the game. The guy's a career 26-point-a-game scorer, Kenny, and he's, and he's only a puppy. He's only played in 85 games. I mean, you're looking at a guy who potentially, is a, if, if, he get, if he gets his act together, is a 30-point-a-night game, a guy. 30-point-a-night guy in the NBA, that's a hard thing to come by. That's how good
1: he is. But, I mean, you know, look, who knows? No doubt about it. Look, I mean, who knows uh, what's going to happen there. Look, Trey Murphy, good to see him score last night. Maybe we got a glimpse of what he could be, what they thought about him. Let me put it this way. If he turns out to be something, and you got Herb Jones, and you got McCollum, and you got Ingram – and you may have Williamson, and you got Valanciunas. Uh, that's a lot to chew on, and that tastes pretty good. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, it does. I mean, I, I think that, you know, you saw what they were doing. Really, they gave the Denver game away. If they make a couple of free throws there, they win that game. But, um, you know, who knows with the whole Zion thing. Maybe he'll go to the Knicks, and it'll be a total panacea, Kenny, like he thinks it's going to be.
1: Yeah, whatever. We'll see. I'm not... I'm not sure what to make of it at this point. We'll see. Look, if you don't want to play for Willie Green, well, I don't know why you wouldn't. It seems like everybody likes him and everybody's positive about it. And they have, uh-huh. they have a future, it would appear, if everybody can get on the floor. So, on the other hand, in New York, where the pressure is steep and where they've taken a big step back this year after a good season last year, how long is Tom Thibodeau for that job? I mean, mm-hmm. he could be gone next year. So, I mean, you got to think about all those, those things in the consideration. And if you're here, you're the star, you're marketed around, and so forth. But uh, the bigger concern for Williamson isn't even whether he wants to be here or not, which ultimately management has to decide on, because if they determine he's not, then you try to get the best trade value you can for him, and you do it pretty quickly. On the other hand, if he is going to be here, well, you've got something there. But the bigger concern is his health and whether or not you can count on this guy. You know, because that'll transition into the Saints conversation about Teron Armstead in a few minutes. But to me, that's the bigger conversation is, is he a guy that you feel like you can count on to be able to give you 65 to 70 games a year?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I know one thing. You know, look, um, I don't know. To, to me, one of the teams that is just amazing to me is is the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, they they, you know... John Morant's missed like 15 games this year, Kenny, mm-hmm. and I think their record in those games is outstanding. Uh, I know, I think there were 12 and two without him early in the year when they beat the Pelicans. Yep. I don't know he's, if he's missed any other games besides that, but man, what, whatever they're doing there, they've got it going, and they're 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 quite a they're quite a club. Um, I mean, you just have to be super impressed by what they what they've been able to do.
1: Totally. I mean, look, that's at this point maybe the story of the year in the NBA. I mean, Dylan, How many
2: do. guys know Dylan Brooks?
1: Yeah, I hear you. I got He's you. He's
2: averaging eighteen four a game. How mm-hmm. many guys know Desmond Bain? You tell He's me. He's averaging seventeen eight. Jaron Jackson Jr. is a good player. He's averaging sixteen four. Brandon Clark, give me give me a give me a thumbnail on Brandon Clark. He's averaging ten yeah. three. The Anthony Melton, who's done a really nice job for them, mm-hmm. is averaging 9.8. Tyus Jones, 8.2. Yep. Zaire Williamson, 7.6. Kyle Anderson, 7.3. Steven Adams, only 7.1, but he's done a really good job, and he's rebounding like crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at their team, they're 10 deep. Pretty amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, look, Adams fits what they want him to do. Very well, all credit to him, and he's done a good job, but I'm glad the Pelicans have Alan Judas. I think he's, Me too. He's, he's a guy you'd prefer to have uh, at the center spot. So all in on that, and again, that's why this whole thing with the Pelicans is a, is, a, is a, at the same time, it's an enticing conversation, and it's an increasingly frustrating conversation. Every time you're ready to embrace this team, every time you're ready to take them on and claim them as your own and get excited and get other people to go to the games and such then something happens and in this case an 11 point lead with 308 to play at Denver and you lose that's a game you can't lose they just basically choked that game away there's no other way to put it and I think it changed the whole course of the season it turns out Ingram's gonna sore hamstring coming out of it and he hasn't played since and he's not gonna play over the next couple of games for sure and then McCollum comes out most recently with the Health and Protocols. And, of course, you haven't seen Williamson. So you go from this incredible euphoria of a week ago to being right back where you've been now for I don't know how long, with the exception of one or two years, you know, since the team has been here, you know, the O two O three season. So it's been frustrating. That this franchise just can't seem to get over the hump.
2: Yeah, well, I don't know. It, it, and look, what 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 is getting over the hump this year mean?
1: <laughs> I don't know, Ed. I mean, if, so you make the play-in spot. I guess that's progress. I guess it, based on the rules, you'd call it progress. Based on the performance, uh, I don't. I don't know if I'd necessarily call it that. The one thing that's that's definite is they got the right guy to coach the team. There's no question in my mind that that's accurate and they got a hell of a steal in Herb Jones. So those things we know. Valanchunas was a good acquisition. McCollum was a good acquisition. So to me, the story for them isn't what's happened on the floor this year. It's the way they've restructured the organization because I think that's all been positive. Willie Green's a positive. Valanchunas is a positive. Herb Jones is a positive. CJ McCollum's a positive. Even Snell to a degree.
2: You think they're moving forward, is what you're telling me?
1: I think they're moving forward. You know, maybe Nance can contribute as well. Snell's given them a little bit. So, yeah, I think they've taken a step forward. Not a giant step, but they've taken a step forward. Well,
2: based, based on the fact that Zion hasn't played a game this year, I can understand why you would say that. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. But I th- I think what's interesting, if you're just looking at the numbers, okay, their winning percentage last year was 43%. Their winning mm-hmm. percentage this year is 40%. Yeah. I got
1: it. Yeah, Williamson, I, play, Williamson played Williamson played last year.
2: But it's hard. Here's, here's, here's six of the last seven years. It's hard to mm-hmm. generate interest when you're 12th, 10th, 6th, 13th, 13th, 11th, and 10th in the West. It's hard to generate.
1: It's a franchise that simply hasn't gained enough traction. And... That's stating fact. It has nothing to do with liking or disliking. Of course I like it. Of course I want them to be successful. Of course I enjoy the NBA. But it is what it is. I mean, they just haven't had any level of success, any measure of success over any period of time, much less any extended period of time to create any level of interest for the fan base, which is clearly football oriented and doesn't pay attention to it until at least December, if not January so now if you won i think they would pay attention earlier and if you won i think they would maintain that attention and you'd have more people showing up and if you had star value certainly that would be the case if you could put williamson on the floor with ingram with mccollum then you'd have something that people i think would be interested in seeing and we'd all be interested in seeing how it would work how it would look how it would fit because that's a lot of talent if Jonas, Val- Jonas Valanciunas is your fourth option, that's a pretty doggone good offensive basketball team. So, I don't think
2: there's any doubt.
1: But are we ever going to see that? I mean, uh, maybe we will, maybe we won't. I don't know. I just know that right now the frustration level is very high for people that pay a little bit of attention to it or the ones that are adamant about the Pelicans and live on it every day because there are people like that that, they live and die with it and absolutely love the product. Well, again, I just don't know because we don't know about Williamson. We don't know about whether he wants to be here or not. And we don't know if he's ever going to stay healthy or not for any extended period of time. And those questions, I don't know, can be answered uh, by anyone. I think the question about whether he wants to be here can be answered. The organization's going to have to make that determination uh, because, I mean, again, uh, the, you know, the Max deal... I can't imagine he doesn't take that, but then what happens? Are we in the same position where, like Davis, where he doesn't want to be here? So management's going to have to figure that out, and hopefully they get the clear indication ahead of time. You know, we watched this whole Aaron Rodgers fiasco play out for what two years now. I'm so tired of hearing about it and looking at it. You know, ESPN should rename itself the Aaron Rodgers Network. That's all they talk about ever. The Aaron Rodgers Network. It's crazy. I mean, he's a great player, okay? But I mean, enough of the soap opera and the drama. Well, guess what? He ended up doing exactly what I said he was gonna do a year and a half ago. He's staying with Green Bay, okay? You know, I mean, again, the grass isn't greener on the other side, no pun intended. He can keep his star wide receiver. He's got a contender every year. Where else is he gonna have that? The only place he might have been able to go and might have gone and had that chance is New Orleans if Sean Payton had still been here.
7: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see, now that you mentioned that, what kind of free agents are the Saints able to attract this off season? Because
1: it's a whole different dynamic, agree? It is, that's our next topic. Of course, we're getting to break, so we're gonna talk extensively about the Saints. Want to touch on Major League Baseball too, but we'll get into the Saints here in just a moment. Turn the page. If you'd like to join us and talk about anything we've discussed, it's 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061. By the way, next Saturday, we're going to take the show to Francesca's and go visit Scott Craig. He's looking forward to having us back, and I can taste the food already. Looking forward to that, but we'll talk about the Saints when we return in just a moment. Kenneth Ed, Three Tailgater Show continues in just a moment here on one zero six one FM, Nash Icon, and on the web at nashfm1061.com.
11: Many times during these last few years, it's been quite easy for all of us to be discouraged at times. (laughs) Boy, I can tell you about that.
1: But one thing I
11: have learned, there is an answer that will keep us strong during trying times. This is Michael Green with a LifeGate Word of Encouragement. In one of the parables, Jesus tells the story of a seed that was planted into soil. And he said, and immediately, the evil one came to steal that seed. Well, as you read it a little bit further, you realize the seed is the word of the Lord. Hebrews 4 tells us the word of the Lord is quick, powerful, and sharp. That's the key, that's the secret. And during these trying times, I don't see how we can survive without the word of the Lord in our hearts. Protect the word, read the word, stay in the word. That will keep you strong. Join me and Linda this Sunday at LifeGate. We start at 10 o'clock. We're at 1317 Butternut Avenue in Metairie. Or Check us out on Facebook, LifeGate Church Ministries. Join us at LifeGate, where the priority is the word.
5: Forced Metaphors,
8: presented by Progressive.
5: Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations.
9: When you needed your mom, she was always there with the Vicks VapoRub. She used that soothing scent to calm you. And her mom used it to calm her. And her mom, well, you get the idea. Vicks Rub's always been there. It always made you feel better. And today, it still does. Bring back those childhood memories with the comfort and care only Vicks VapoRub can bring. Vicks VapoRub, family tradition, for a reason.
0: <sighs> your weekly forum for genuine, substantive talk with a focus on facts and fact-based opinions. Time to share your passion on the Three Tailgaters Show here on 106.1 NASH Icon, nashfm1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com.
1: Call 504-260-1061. New Orleans Saints making moves to restructure contracts to get themselves in position by next week to meet the cap requirements that the league has in place. Alvin Kamara, the most recent to restructure. And, of course, they bring back Jalen Dalton, Carl Branderson on contracts on their defensive line. All right, Ed, so where are we right now? Are we in a position, much like last year, where the Saints pretty much had to decide on whether to pay Marcus Williams, who they tagged, or to pay Trey Hendrickson, who they elected not to pay. Are we in that position now with Williams and Teron Armstead, in your opinion?
2: I think we are, don't you?
1: Well, it certainly looks that way based on the numbers. I'm not a capologist. I'm not a financial person by any stretch. I don't claim to have any serious knowledge about that. It's not a strong point of mine, but I observe and I read the numbers, and it just seems to me that I don't think you can afford to pay both, and then also to pay a quarterback, most likely Jameis Winston. So it seems to me that again, it's one or the other. And if it's one or the other, and you made the choice of Williams last year, why wouldn't you choose him again this year? And he's also he's also the young he's also the younger player.
2: Why wouldn't he want to be on the market anyhow to see what kind of interest?
1: I understand, and yeah, I understand. And, yeah,
2: and I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at it right now. They're they're an estimated six point three million over right now, and and they've got to get under. So, um, and when those when those salaries go off the books, um, you know, I mean, you could you could always release you could always release. Uh, uh, well, Teron Armstead's a free agent now, so it doesn't really matter. Right. But, Correct. But, but, you know, I mean, you, know, you, you look, at, you, you look at, at, at their numbers. They, I, I think they're going to be a team that is, that is involved in the second tier of free agency. I don't think they're going to be very much involved in the first.
1: You? No, I don't think they can afford to be.
2: Right. So, I mean, look, and here's the thing. Everyone talked about how drastic last offseason was. I think this offseason is more drastic because um, your depth has been depleted, and you've got a lot of question marks. You know, you, you're not you you potentially wouldn't have Armstead or Williams, and um, you know you don't have a quarterback right now uh, signed. So other than than than, uh, than Taysom Hill and and Ian Book, I mean you you don't have a you don't have a quarterback on on the roster other than those two guys. You, you need a you need potentially a starter or a guy who can come in and compete for the starting job. Um, and I would assume that if they signed Jameis Winston. That's what would be happening. But you you've got the questions with Alvin Kamara. You know, I think based on the fact that Caesar Ruiz didn't have a good year last year, you've got some questions on your offensive line. If Marcus Williams is not here, you've got a you got a, a spot you got to fill at safety. Your wide receiver position has to be addressed. And also, I think that you've got to do everything you can to get some running backs, Kenny. I think you're very thin there. And and the one thing I would say about the whole running back situation is, you know, if you don't think Kamara's valuable, they were 9-4 and four with him and 0-4 oh and without him. That, to me, says value. Well,
1: it's gigantic. And you didn't even mention tight end. So... Yeah, exactly.
2: So, I mean, you know, t- tight end's another spot. But... You know, when, you, when you've got to do something about your running back position, because if you don't, and Chimera is has a legal issue or is suspended by the league for any amount of time, and we don't know how that situation is going to play out. We don't know how that situation is going to play out. But I would say that it would be fair to say that it's at least a possibility. Would you agree? Definitely. So you've got to address that area. To me, you know, you don't have a lot of space. And this is one of those years where I think a whole confluence of teams of things could really catch up to this team.
1: Well, again, it's going to be really interesting to see just how it plays out. They've got some very difficult decisions to make. They've got to draft well, that goes without saying. So, and then will they address wide receiver and free agency with a, as you mentioned, a second tier guy or draft? A wide receiver, Al Dupuy, on the show last night, his mock draft at the Saints drafting Chris Olave of Ohio State. Imagine that, another Ohio State player. But, again, a guy with enormous speed. And if they do draft a wide receiver, it would seem to me that speed would be the way you go because you've got Thomas who's the ultimate uh, really good underneath guy if he comes back to form. So I get that completely, as I've said all along, because of what you just said, the fact that they have so many needs I have maintained that they will simply pick the best player on the board regardless of position because they don't have that one or two you know, clear situation that they want to plug that one little hole and be ready to roll. They have several that they'd like to plug or really need to plug.
2: Well, you know, also, too, I think that this is a, this is a good free agent wide receiver class. And uh, there may be an opportunity to, to pick up a guy uh, a little bit a little bit later. I mean, you know, um, you know, could you sign a guy like a DJ Chark or a Juju Smith Schuster, or um, you know, a guy that I like a lot? He has a lot of speed, and I thought he had a really good year last year. Was Christian Kirk? Would would you would you take a run at him? I mean, he's he's only he's only 25 right now, so um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, what what do you do in in, in that regard? I think. Some of the other guys, though, you know the the or uh, some of the top tier guys, I think you're going to have a hard time affording those guys. And frankly, the two top guys, Godwin and Devontae Adams, both got mm-hmm. franchise tag, so you're not going to get them.
1: No doubt, crazy Ed. Uh, they start the second quarter. Carver twenty six, McMain four. Wow. Well, J- just wow.
2: Well, our our Aaron Lee is uh, is there in Lake Charles, and we'll mm-hmm. have a compl- I'll be doing the news tonight, and um, and we'll have a complete report. And there's look, this is a team that's that's uh, that that was. You could see that they were locked in, so I'm surprised, but but I'm not surprised that they're winning because I thought they would win the game.
5: Two
1: six zero one zero six one. Yeah, listen, I mean they're just playing unreal right now, and I. Just the eye test of watching both teams in the semis, I picked Carver too. Uh, Nate Rocher didn't want to come on last night. He said, "Look, I, he talked to me after the game the other day, but he said we, we're so laser focused right now, we don't want to say anything." I did have Stephen Kelly on last night from McMaine, but uh, I mean that's going to be almost impossible to overcome that deficit. But that's pretty impressive to say the least yeah. uh, for Carver. Well,
2: you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one team that overcame it—the best high school basketball game that I've ever seen. And that was Arcadia and Country Day in the 1A, before the split, mm-hmm. in the 1A semifinals or 1A championship in Monroe in 2013 or 14. Yeah. We, we drove to Monroe, and, and, and Country Day was down 20 late in the third quarter. They tied the game with eight, with eight seconds to play, and then they won it in either overtime or double overtime. I think they won it in overtime. But they, they tied it on a uh, basket by Scott Plaisance on a beautiful out-of-bounds play with a few seconds left, and then they won the game at overtime. That was that was still the best high school basketball game I've ever seen.
1: 2601061, if you'd like to join us. Kurt's in New Orleans. Hi, Kurt. Thanks for the call. Welcome to the Three Tailgaters Show.
4: Hey, guys. Thanks for taking the call, man. You know, Ed, you brought Christian Kirk, man, it just, he was on one of my four fantasy teams, and I tell you what, he might not help me too much, but one thing he does do is make plays. You got, you kind of got to start him on the right week in fantasy. But Kirk makes grabs, he makes plays. You know, he really does. You know, I was thinking about the quarterback situation we got, and you know, this guy might be a little controversial, but I was thinking about back on Michael Vick. You know, when Michael Vick came out of jail and out of prison, he did his time, and he came back to Philly, and you know, he was he was a little older, twenty six years old. But he sure he sure had a, a, a great season, possibly a two with, with Andy Reid, and he he really did. He shined. You know, you seen you seen what he was still about. And I, you know, you, you know, I got the news on Deshaun Watson last night. No criminal charges. Maybe missed two or three games. Possibly just two or three games. Maybe it's as four as suspension. You know, he go he went toe to toe with Baltimore's quarterback a couple of games, and it and it was toe to toe. And he's the type of talent this guy's got. And you know he refuses to play for Houston. And I know it's controversial, but you know what? Um, we've, been, we've been a team of second, third, four chances for people before. And, I, you know, money-wise, of course, that would be the issue. Um, but I just, I just think of what he could do at 26 and what he could bring, because he could bring it all. I mean, I think you all know he could bring it all to this, to this town, you know, in a good way.
2: Well, you, you know, the last that? year he played, Kurt, the last year he played, Kurt, he was 33 TDs and seven interceptions. Right. And that's not, and that's not counting his legs. Correct. Okay. So, I, I mean, I think the guy's a, a, a tremendous talent. There's no doubt about that. Now, you know, look, I think, I know there's a lot of people who don't believe this, but I think this is an ideal time for the Saints to draft a quarterback. Yep. And here's yep. why you're in the first year of Dennis Allen, all right? Are yeah. you gonna to try to continue to hang on or, or are you gonna take a step back and start over a little bit? Yeah. You know, I mean look, Seattle's doing it, am I right? Unless they get unless they get Deshaun Watson, all right? Unless they get the Sean Watson, what they're telling you is we're reloading. All right? And yes. you know what? If the Saints drafted if the Saints drafted Malik Willis, all right, and they said, you know what? We're, we're, we're going to play this guy, and we're going to figure it out as we go along. And we're going to retool. And And this is the last year that they're really in salary cap hell. Am I right? Oh, yeah, true. Okay? This is this is really the last year. The, the last two years have been really bad. So, if oh, yeah. they took a step back and drafted a rookie and said, hey, we're going to put him on the field, frankly, I wouldn't have any problem with that. Because I think that's mate. what they're gonna have to do at some point. You know, I mean, you're I gonna have to, you. to decide. Are we gonna hover around five hundred or are we gonna go for it and try to retool our team quickly? You know, I, I mean I, been, you know, to me that's I think what they've gotta do. I've
4: been i I've been a proponent with you on getting a young guy drafting a young guy. I just think this guy here is a unique situation. He's never had good he's never had good coaching. He's never been I mean he had DeAndre Hopkins but he's never had a team. Well, like they traded night. him
2: though. I mean, they traded DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, you yeah. know, I I don't I yeah. don't understand. I frankly don't yeah. understand what Bill O'Brien was doing. I have no idea. But you know yeah. what? Look, regardless, regardless, if the Saints drafted a rookie and said, "You know what? We we've got to we've got to we have to figure this thing out for the long term." I don't think anybody would have a problem with that. Because if not, no, and no. they come back with Jameis next year, what's the ceiling?
10: <laughs>
4: that's the question.
2: What's yeah, the, the question. ceiling, Kenny? You tell yeah. me. What's the that's ceiling? The question.
4: It's, it's, it's probably not going to be what it, what, it, what it could be with Deshaun. I'm sorry, I feel, you know. And is it going to? Can he take us all away? I, I don't know. I don't know. You know. I don't, you just, that's question mark city. I mean, it really is. You know, and, you sometimes, you know,
2: I mean, sometimes you, know. you have to take a you have to take two steps back before you can take a step forward. Hey, look, I know this was the right time for Sean Pe- Payton to walk away from him, all right. And I wish him well, but but I think he was he was I think Sean Payton was very smart to leave now. Let's just put it that yeah. way. Yeah. Huh. I think he was smart just, to leave now.
4: He, he, was, he It was a long haul for him. He knew what he was looking at. He, he knew what he was looking at at this point, you know. Uh, Amen, think, brother. You
2: know? Amen, yep. brother. Ain't no doubt I mean, I just,
4: about that. I just think Deshaun would be great – I just think, that Sean, would be great, I just think that Sean would be a unique situation. And, and I, I don't, I'm not a big pusher up in my nose, Sound I don't like I am. But just thinking about it over and over, it's like, man, I mean,
8: yeah,
4: he's got that type of Michael Vick talent. I mean, he, he really does. If his heart's in the right place. I mean, you know, if his heart's in the right place. I mean, and what he did – I'm not discounting what he did. But how many, guys, how many football players go to my shop and things like that? And I'm not saying it's right. I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying that, hey, come on, man. I mean, they, they really ran him through the mill. Uh, I, you know, I mean, it was it was stupid what he did and how he did it and all that good stuff. But you know what? I, I, one, I agree. You know? And you know what? You know what, Kurt,
9: Kurt? Kurt, one more thing. Kurt. Go
4: ahead, Kurt. I'm going go to go say, go sure. sure. say one more thing, man. Look, I'm going to say one more thing, I think Kenny knows more than anybody. Christ, Christ is the he's he's the he's the God of second, third, fourth, and fifth chances. If your heart's in the right place, and if he can do it, we we can do it. If his heart's
2: in the right place, I'm gonna leave it at that. Thank y'all. Thank
1: I got you. I got you. Go ahead, Ed. I'll you wanted one, to
2: make a point. I'll say, yeah, I'll say one thing about the Sean Watson. All right, in this regard, he's smart. In this regard, he picked the right lawyer. Rusty Harden's the best.
1: So I'll well, to say. Rusty Harden's the best. People are venturing opinions about it. And my opinion is such, they convened a grand jury, they didn't find any evidence to prosecute
9: them.
1: It's that simple. That doesn't mean anybody's right and anybody's wrong, but the people they convened, I'm quite sure, were independents in terms of the whole scenario and they looked at the evidence and they determined not to do anything. Now, that doesn't mean that the civil case won't go somewhere, it could. And it doesn't mean the league won't take some action either so if you did choose to invest in Watson you'd be rolling the dice based upon what might come with regard to the league uh, he's out of it legally in terms of any potential incarceration and that's good for him and what really happened who knows and you know we'll see what what transpires in the civil case but with regard to what's going to happen with him in terms of eligibility from the league. Again, we don't know that. We just don't know. So that's the great unknown with Watson. He's a terrific young player. Loved him coming out of Clemson. Nothing but positive word about him character-wise and otherwise. His play on the field was exemplary. He's young. He's got that talent. Would you like him to be your guy? I mean, from a talent perspective? Absolutely. But again, you're just not sure what's coming otherwise and whether it's worth that risk and with regard to the whole discussion about drafting a quarterback I understand the thought process completely but if that's the route you're taking then why did you hire Dennis Allen that's why I don't think they're taking that route at all they hired Dennis Allen because they wanted to continue what they perceived to be a good situation a winning team a consistent winning team and franchise that had to play four quarterbacks last year amongst all the other issues that they had And therefore, if you have Marshawn Lattimore, if you have Marcus Williams ostensibly, if you have Marcus Davenport, if you have, uh, you know, if Peyton Turner turns out to be anything, if you have Alvin Kamara, if you have Michael Thomas, if you have Ryan Ramchek, that's a whole bunch of young talent, okay? A whole bunch of it that makes you a competitive team, not a rebuilding team. If they wanted to rebuild, then they would have hired outside of the organization not hire dennis allen that's my opinion that's why i don't think they're going to draft a quarterback in the first round if i'm wrong so be it but that was the way i looked at it and i'm not saying dennis allen is a clone of sean payton he's not going to do everything the same way he's already made staff changes that would indicate otherwise but the whole purpose and the whole argument for hiring allen which we made on this show was very simple don't break something if it isn't broken and it isn't broken This team, had they been healthy last year, certainly wins 10 games, if not 11, and this team is in a division that's not very good, frankly, overall. So the opportunity is there to win 10 games, get to the postseason, win a division, get a home game, and compete. And as for Jameis Winston, as I've said all along, I'm not sure he's the long-term answer at quarterback, I do think he can be the short-term answer. And in the process of finding that out, you'll find out whether he is a long-term answer. That's my opinion on him. What we saw from him last year was an efficient guy, uh, not a great player. He made some really good deep throws, if you go back and look at it, which I have. Uh, And of course, they were four and two when he started, and they won that fifth game that he did start, but left injured early in after throwing a touchdown pass in. So you got enough of a look to say, he's good enough to win with, but did you get enough of a look to say he's good enough to win a Super Bowl with? And that's what's intriguing about this because we all know the arm talent's there. We all know that he's changed personally and he's a different guy and a much better guy and he's liked by his teammates, but can he be that guy? I don't know. The whole Garoppolo discussion has been intriguing because this guy's not even going to be healthy until the summer you know, after the surgery and such, I just don't see that as being something that's legitimate. Although some people have said, well, Drew Brees had that very serious shoulder. Yeah, but that's Drew Brees, a little bit different dynamic here, with all due respect to Garoppolo. So if there's anybody, if there's anybody out there right now that's better than Winston, that's in the free agency portal, I'm not sure who that is. Okay? Uh, so that's why I think in the short term, that's the play. The only way it's not the play is if Pittsburgh or somebody else comes along and makes Winston a substantial offer. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I still think he's coming back. I hope he is. Um, you know, in the meantime, Willie Anderson with 11 points in the first quarter for Carter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. There you go.
1: All right, to join in the conversation, 504-260-1061, that's 260-1061. We'll take a time out here, back with more in just a moment, Canada Ed Three Gator Show, 1061-FM-NASH-I, Canada NASH-FM, 1061.com. Since 1935,
0: the Allstate Sugar Bowl has been a proud New Orleans New Year's Day tradition. Through its annual support of college football and amateur sports, the Sugar Bowl attracts hundreds of thousands of visitors to the state, providing countless opportunities for young people. Resources from these events enable the Sugar Bowl to support education and community programs impacting thousands of New Orleans area teachers and citizens. The All-State Sugar Bowl, proud to host the best of the Big 12
1: and the SEC in the Superdome on New Year's Day. Top service, locally owned, outstanding deals, conveniently located, professionals motivated to sell where the customer comes first. That describes the experience at Premier Automotive Group, where you'll find the best prices anywhere on Toyota, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Kia. Premier Automotive offers a warranty for life on its vehicles and a money-back guarantee. Visit my friend Troy Duhon at one of his outstanding dealerships, Toyota of New Orleans, Premier Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Fiat, Premier Honda in New Orleans, Premier Nissan in Metairie, and Premier Kia in Kenner.
7: Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make $200 to $300 this year. Wow.
6: Wow. That's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now.
10: Download the free GetUpside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code DRAG for 25 cents a gallon or more cash back on your first tank. You can cash out anytime, right to your bank, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code DRAG to earn 25 cents a gallon or more on your first tank. That's code DRAG.
7: Yep, I ordered my metal roof today. I called Walker Metals and they told me to come on down and it would be ready when I got there. Metal roof, trim, and screws. Dang, they said they make everything at Walker Metals. No shipping and don't have to wait for days for my order to come in from another state. No hassle getting there, and they were quick and friendly. Got hitched and ready to go. Dang, that's what all needs a roof from Walker Metals. Now let's go put that metal roof on.
12: 225-791-7791. Walker Metal Roof. Louisiana manufactured. Louisiana proud.
1: Metal roofs can usually be installed over existing
0: materials. Come by Walker Metals and let them customize your new metal roof or help you with a new metal building. Or call 225-791-7791. Walker
11: Metal is Louisiana manufactured. Louisiana proud. Walker Meadows is a proud listener and sponsor of Roland Doucette's Rockin' Cajun Show.
5: easier a plus rated with a better business bureau Optima's award-winning team has helped thousands of people protect their paychecks bank accounts homes and businesses by putting their tax problems to rest resolving over one billion dollars in tax debts for their clients call optima now for a free consultation call 800-704-9936 800-704-9936 800-704-9936 Optima Tax Relief Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com
0: Want to call an audible? Throw a flag? Call a technical? It's all good! Go for it now on a three-tailgater show on 1061 NASH ICON NASHFM1061.com And through CrescentCitySports.com Call now, 504-260-1061
1: Glad you're with us on this Saturday morning as we march on, Ken and Ed, retail Gator show 106.1 fm as icon always a pleasure to have you with us and uh, halftime score now ed carver 38 mcmain 10. 38 to 10 yep. at halftime just crazy yep. the way the rams are playing in that championship game as we speak and washington has 10 points willie anderson with 13. uh nathan has 11 for carver so they're playing out of sight basketball shooting 57 percent from the field in the first half and absolutely dominating mcmaine 38 uh, to 10 in the 4a state championship game pretty good not bad yeah man all zero one zero six one to join us and here is our friend brandon in new orleans east hey brandon thanks for the call welcome to the show good
13: morning Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Ed. I haven't talked to you guys in a long time. I have it's so much great. to say, but I don't know what it's called.
1: <laughs> great to hear your voice. Fire away.
13: Oh, I was waiting for Ed to take his his annual shot at my mind. <laughs>
9: <laughs> <laughs> well, he already you
1: gave credit to Jim. La- right? He he, did, he gave credit to Jim Larinaga and the basketball team earlier, so he did no. do that.
13: All right. No we doing well up there, uh, Ed. I mean, we got Jason Taylor on the staff now. We got uh, Ed Reed on the staff. We got Kevin Steele, uh, D coordinator. We stole Michigan offensive coordinator away from him. We got Kevin Smith, the running back coach, was that old Miss, who took this kid from Louisiana away from LSU. Uh-huh. So when you spend money. Well, you got,
2: you you got Mario stuff. Cristobal, too, buddy.
13: Yeah, we're spending money, man. I mean, I yeah. guess when you got a private hospital that generated with a $200 million profit, you can do things like that. So, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know. Well, I, you know, let's get off it's, of this little box it, of Miami. It, it,
2: but but, no, but it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing, though, Brandon, when you think about it. They're on their fifth coach in 11 years. I agree. That's crazy for them.
13: It is. I got another coach I got to get rid of, too, on my, my, my sports day. I got to get rid of Patrick that at Georgetown. He got to go. He didn't win a conference game this year. Nope. I'm bummed out on him, you know. And I know Big John is flipping in his grave what's going on with the program, but then that's his guy, so I don't think he would have been critical of him. So I got one more guy to get.
2: Go get him, baby.
13: Well, as far as Zion is concerned, and I'm and I. Said this. And I think the, one of the reasons he's back is because that, that, that guard at Memphis is taking a shine away from him. And I'm look, that's my favorite player in the league right now. When I'm at work, I'm always bringing him up. And people are like, you got a motive behind this? I say, yeah, I'm trying to poke out there. But, you know, like I told you guys longer, that was my guy from day one. You know, John Moran is a hell of a player. And I, I, think, either, I think he's better than Zion right now. Maybe I can, in the future if Zion get out there, I may be wrong. But I'm not hold him back, but I, the way I feel about him, you know, and his father said that, you know, so maybe we made the wrong choice. I don't know. I just, just the way I feel about it. I, I. Yeah, but I
2: you really know what? I don't
13: care about Zion. I don't care about him no more. I really don't.
2: You know what? Here's here's the issue, though. That, not the issue, but if you go back to draft night, how many of the general managers in the NBA would have not made that selection? And, and the answer is, I think it's fair that every one of them would have. Don't you agree? I right. agree. Except Every me. one of them whatever. Yeah. But I'm not no, a I, general
13: manager. That's why I'm at my house. No, you're <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm
2: not, you know what, my brother? I can't. I, 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 can't, I, I have no response to that. That cracks me. <laughs> And I'm
13: broke, so I can't be, you know, I don't have no money to spend like that. No, go ahead,
2: No, I mean, you know, look. Every general manager in the league would have selected Zion Williamson. Right. So I mean, to, right. to second, the second guess the Pelicans about that, to me doesn't doesn't make a whole lot of sense because I don't I don't think there's any reason to second guess them. I mean, you know, no. there's no one, no one in the NBA would have had the cojones to not make that selection and say, okay, I'm going to take Jean Morant over over Zion. I'm going to give him to the next team. There's not one GM in the league who would have done that,
13: right? But there were signs. There were subliminal signs, you know, with him, with his injury history, his weight, mm-hmm. and then for me, with John Moran. Is just I love a guard that can create his own shot. Yep.
1: You
13: know, that's what we. That's what the guard is. The NBA is a guard-driven league. You know, so that was just my reasoning behind it. You know, and I liked his attitude because he he said he had that alpha male. You know, attitude that I'm the best and I want to be the best. You know, but you know, hey, uh-huh. that's why we draft. No, I, I,
2: I, don't, I don't, I don't disagree. I don't disagree with one thing you're saying. I, I really don't. I, I, but again, I, how many people would have said, you know what? Okay, we're, we don't like this guy. We're going to pass on it.
13: Look, no, no, no. But the, the light in the bottle situation would have been if we get the number one pick and the Lakers get that number two pick. Yeah. Then what? Then we have, to, you know, we could make the trade for AD. Then we did have to give us the number two pick, which would have been John Moran, and then we could have got lines of Ball and shook them to wherever the hell we wanted. Got a lot of assets for you know. I'm, I'm just thinking in hindsight. I just, I'm selfish. I have my selfish reasons. <laughs> like hey, hey,
2: did you, uh, hey Brandon? What? Let me ask you something. Did you see the uh, first episode of Winning Time, the Lakers series? Oh boy, have you seen that?
13: No, I didn't. I, I've been, yeah. I've been done with him ever you know. I, yeah. ever, you know, ever since AD over there, and then LeBron. I'm not. I don't hate LeBron, you know, but he's. Mm-hmm. He, I don't think he's a true Laker. My my passion left when Kobe and Shaq left, and and my real passion and love for the Lakers is Kareem and Magic. I already know, you know. I love Kareem and Magic to death, you know. So, mm-hmm. and I think Kareem is underappreciated. I, I just think he's just. I think he's the best player to ever play the game. I know Mike is, but I, if you look at statistics and career from high school to, to the NBA, Kareem is it. He's just not likable, you know, and he's not appreciated. So that's what my love I may watch it. I may not. You know, I'm kind of bummed out on the NBA right now. I just don't like it now. Everybody get hurt. They won't play. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. sick of it, man. So I don't know. I may watch it, Ed. That's a good point. <laughs> you know.
2: Well, you know, I think... I I don't know how accurate it is. Let me just put it to you that way. Yeah, I thought, okay. I, thought the, I thought the portrayal of Jerry West was was uh, poor, very was poor. poor, and uh, yeah. and, okay. and and I don't I you know I don't know if that was um,
1: you know I, I yeah I, I, I just it's it Hollywood. Funny. Look, I go back and look at the Rudy movie and the way they portrayed Dan Devine wasn't that wasn't who he was at all. It was a total mis uh, misconception and, and total a false portrayal and a similar deal I think here with west it's really unfortunate but it's hollywood okay they're to get people watching that's for sure we
13: know the last dance was a true portrayal of this oh lot that was of bad blood coming out you got time. that right
1: yeah you got that right buddy hey you know what don't be a stranger it's always great to hear from you well, Brandon. my
13: work schedule dictates me calling so right.
1: <laughs> well don't don't be a stranger when you're off of work call us we love hearing from you, you here
13: Okay, my man. Thank you. All, all right, buddy. Thank okay, you, Brandon. Take care of yeah. you. All
1: right. Owe you brief time out. Back with some final comments when we resume in just a moment here on 1061 FM, Nash icon and at NashFM1061.com. Since 1935,
0: the Allstate Sugar Bowl has been a proud New Orleans New Year's Day tradition. Through its annual support of college football and amateur sports, the Sugar Bowl attracts hundreds of thousands of visitors to the state, providing countless opportunities for young people. Resources from these events enable the Sugar Bowl to support education and community programs impacting thousands of New Orleans area teachers and citizens. The All-State Sugar Bowl, proud to host the best of the Big 12 and the SEC in the Superdome on New Year's Day.
9: and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, could I I have have EPI? EPI?
6: Sponsored by AbbVie.
9: I
12: have grown up in New Orleans. I've never really been anywhere else but New Orleans. Bill
8: Noto has been part of the jewelry scene here in New Orleans for three decades. He thought he'd seen it all
12: until he came to Diamonds Direct. First thing that blew my mind was the prices of diamonds and I said, there's no way you can sell this diamond at this price. But Bill soon learned the prices were correct and he had to join the Diamonds Direct team. As a jeweler for 36 years and been in New Orleans for this long, I'm amazed by the prices that we have.
8: But it's about more than price for Bill. It's about having a selection up to 30 times a typical jeweler, the strongest warranties, higher quality, and an authentic relationship with customers.
12: At Diamonds Direct, we educate. We teach customers what you're buying and how you're buying it. I'm able to really get immersed with the customer and to make them happy. So take it from a local jeweler and see for yourself what Diamonds Direct is all about. Diamonds Direct is the best thing that's ever happened to New Orleans.
8: On Severn Avenue across from Lakeside Mall.
0: Last chance today, call the free Tailgater Show at 260-1061. Back to Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels.
1: Howie Ann Rappaport reporting that the Saints have restructured the contract to Marshawn Lattimore. Turning his base salary into a signing bonus oh, right. and creating $18.45 million <laughs> $18. <laughs> $18. <laughs> in cap space. The Saints getting closer and closer. So Ed, key players continue to restructure. Tells you that they're they're all in, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, look, uh, that's, that's what you have to do. And that's what they're doing. Good for them. So we'll see. Yeah. They're in a position,
1: I've said all along, don't get crazy about it because they do a great job. Uh, the Saints uh, do a great job. Mickey Loomis leading the way, of course, with being able to create cap space and deal with the numbers in great fashion to be able to get where you need to get. So that's the latest where the Saints are concerned. Major League Baseball is going to be played. Do you like? Uh, what do you like about the rules, Ed? What don't you like? we got about a minute and a half.
2: Well, I hate the designated hitter in the National League. I can't stand it. And, uh, you know, I, I just hope that the National League doesn't turn into American League slow-pitch softball, and, um, and that's what I'm afraid it's going to do. So I'm, I'm not a big fan not a big fan of the DH. Um,
1: 12 games in a postseason?
2: I don't like that either. Me either. I mean, why, do a, why do you play 162 games? Mm-hmm. Because, but that's all about TV money. If you, if you mm-hmm. have another round of playoffs, you can charge more TV money. Yeah, that's all. That's about. Less, less
1: divisional games, less divisional games in the future, more games against teams that you like, don't see normally.
2: I like the divisional games, frankly. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's that's. I, I like the Cardinals playing the Cubs, the Brewers playing the Cubs, the, the Reds playing the Cardinals. I I I, I like those games. I I'm, I
1: disagree with that too. All right, so what you're telling me is you don't like anything.
2: Well, I mean, I'm not saying that I love the game. I mean, you know, I mean, if, no, I'm talking if you're about the changes. Me, yeah, but yeah. if you're asking me about the changes, what right. I like them I or not, I can, I cannot. I abhor the designated hitter. Okay, Okay, yeah. Uh, to me, I put the designated hitter out there with four-dollar gas prices.
13: Yeah. Okay. Well, I, as I, I've, I've said before, I'm not a fan of it, but I am a fan of.